I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Hello there, Hunting Seasons listeners. Just a quick note before this episode starts for you. Uh, during recording of this episode, we've unfortunately lost some of Damask's audio that she was recording at her end. Instead, luckily, it was recording our Zoom um, meeting. So I do have the audio for that, and we've included that where needed. Sort of the middle of the podcast includes sort of a 10, 15-minute segment. Apologies for that, um, but hopefully it's not too big an inconvenience, and you can still enjoy the episode. Sit, boo-boo, sit, boo-boo, sit. Girl, I do some bad hat Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing Upload Season 1. Damask, how are you doing? I'm good. Now, I'm a little late to the recording this evening because I had to find out who The Masked Singer was, but I know now, so it's fine. This is the Australian version of The Masked Singer? It is, yes. I've become obsessed with it. Obsessed? Yes. Well, I found that in the evenings, I can't, like, because we're in lockdown and I've had to kind of curate my own media throughout the day every day that by the time mm. nighttime comes around I just don't have the brain power to choose what I want to watch so pretty much almost every week night I just put on channel 10 and watch whatever they've got on so the first half of the week it's Masked Singer which I love it's so ridiculous in camp and I didn't think I'd like it as much and then the later half of the week we've got The Bachelor which is wonderful as well. This is where I was enjoying. They've, they've had this thing. There was 20 days of AFL football in a row. Mm. Um, they were calling it the Festival of Footy, which did mean <laughs> you had to have like a Foxtel or um, uh, a KO subscription to watch like every night. Mm. It was great to just know, okay, if nothing else I want to watch, I don't want to think about it, chuck the footy on. It was something. I really felt that AFL has been really helpful for that this year, actually. I'm glad we've had some sense of normality, even if it's been a weird season. Mm. Um, but yeah, The Masked Singer. So is this the first or second season in Australia? I think it's it's definitely not the first. I think it's the second, yeah. What's the calibre of the masked singers? Like, what's the calibre of celebrities they're getting on the show? Are they getting, so, like, top-tier Australian types? Or are they yeah, getting more, so like, I thought it'd CD be better? just, like, random people that I haven't heard of. There are a few that sure. I haven't heard of, but just because I think I'm too old. But mm-hmm. generally, I'm, like, I remember the first person who was revealed was Mark Philippousis, which was... The a scud! Sh- <laughs> wow. Which was shocking. Um, but the actually really high. Like last night we had Sophie Monk, who I love cool, to death. Cool. Um, yeah, so That's it's been why pretty good. Sophie Monk was trending on Twitter last night. I did, yeah. I saw it and I was like, what the fuck is Sophie Monk trending? Is mm. The Bachelorette back on or something like that? Okay, righto. There you go. Love it's Island's revealed. Back or something. The, the, thing about, the, the thing that's shocking about Mark Philippoussis being on is that I've not heard from Mark Philippoussis in... A decade? Like, I literally haven't thought of him, except when I think of Paris Hilton and the fact that he left tennis, I think, to be with her at one stage, which yeah. obviously did I just not last. remember that he broke up with Delta Goodrum 
after she was sick. And so I just felt like he betrayed oh. my 15-year-old sensibilities. Who Who's hosting um, The Masked Singer? Oh, the same person that hosts everything. It's Osher. Oh, Osher's doing The Masked. He's Did I hear something love. about... Was, didn't Dave Hughes get like... He's, he's he? a judge. He's a judge. Yeah. Oh, right. Who else is judging? Uh, Jackie O. And for international mm. listeners, it's not the reincarnated <laughs> Jackie Onassis. It's just a random no. radio host in Australia called Jackie O. Danny the Minogue. most well-paid radio yes. host S, I guess, because yep. Kyle would be number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's... Yeah, that's true. And then Danny Minogue, who I love, and then there's... Ursula, I can't remember her last name, but she's a comedian and apparently she's really popular. But yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, I actually saw her. She had a, a comedy special on Amazon, I think, that was quite good, actually. Yeah, I've seen her live when I've worked for the Comedy Fest before. Yeah. So, yeah, did something happen COVID-19 related? Oh, yeah. What, apparently one of the contestants got COVID and so they've had to shut down production. Oh, so this isn't happening live then. This is not happening. No. This is pre-recorded, pre-recorded and this season is going to be interrupted because of that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's enough chit-chat. Let's get to our spoiler-free review of Upload Season 1. Let me clue you in. Season in review. Upload is an American science fiction comedy television series created by Greg Daniels, writer for Saturday Night Live, The Simpsons, King of the Hill, and showrunner of the American adaptation of The Office, co-creator of Parks and Rec, alongside Hunting Season's favourite Mike Schur, of course, and most recently co-creator of Netflix comedy Space Force, alongside Steve Carell. Set in 2033 USA, humans are able to upload themselves into a virtual afterlife of their choosing, and when computer programmer Nathan Brown dies in an improbable self-driving car crash, he is uploaded to the very expensive Lakeview, but soon finds himself under the thumb of his possessive, still-living girlfriend, Ingrid. Upload premiered on Amazon Prime Video on May 1st, 2020, and stars Robbie Amell, Andy Alo, Allegra Edwards, Zanab Johnson, Kevin Bigley, and Owen Daniels. Season 1 of Upload consists of 10 episodes, each coming in at around 28 minutes with a 46-minute pilot, and took us approximately 5 hours to watch. Amazon renewed Upload for a second season seven days after its premiere, which is likely to arrive in 2021, though with COVID, who knows, maybe 2022, we will see. So, Damask, before we get to our review of Upload Season 1, are you Mm -hmm. a fan of Greg Daniels' previous work? Um, yes. So I enjoyed the American office a whole bunch. I've mm-hmm. watched Space Force. I thought it was a bit all over the place, not quite what I was expecting. Sure. Um, but, you know, somewhat looking forward to where it could go, perhaps. Um, I mean... It's a good concept for a show. Yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly what he wrote specifically for SNL, but I think like generally when I saw his name attached to stuff, I'd be like, oh, it's probably good. What about you? Well, I'm a fan of a lot of his episodes that he had on The Simpsons. He wrote for Homer and Apu, which is the episode that Apu loses the quickie mart and comes to live with The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. Um, Homer Badman, which is... The Gummy Venus de Milo episode. Oh, of course. That one? Yes, yes. Which I would like to revisit these days because I think about that one now and I remember it's very much like taking or poking fun at like like current affairs TV shows and those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's like I think the feminist is kind of the bad guy in that episode, if that makes sense. Because he, he gets um, yeah, accused absolutely. of sexual harassment and stuff like that. So I'm interested to revisit that one 
with sort of modern day thinking. Lisa's wedding, so that's the episode where they go into the future, interestingly enough. Um, you know, a, a look at what the future might look like in future technology in The Simpsons. Bart sells his soul, love that one. And he was the supervising writer on 22 short films about Springfield, which I don't remember if you remember that episode of The Simpsons. It goes all around Springfield and it's like little stories along the way. It's quite a good one. Good run on The Simpsons, we'll say, in the right mm-hmm. era of The Simpsons as well. Obviously, as I've said millions of times, I haven't watched The Office US yet, so I have no opinion of that really. Love Parks and Rec, though. Mm. Uh, but what yeah. I saw of Space Force, which wasn't much, I think it was mostly just the pilot, um, I wasn't super impressed. Mm-hmm. With all that in mind, Damas, could you please give us your spoiler-free review of Upload Season 1? I would love to. All right, so there are many things to be interested in while watching Upload. You've got a nefarious plot, you've got a love story, and the world-building of a recognisable future. However... None of these elements that I've listed are successfully pulled off by the show. So number one, the world building. While interesting in some ways, had me scratching my head in others. If in every episode I find myself thinking, but how would that work? Or why does that work in this context, but not during an earlier situation? Or why was that designed that way? It seems counterintuitive. If, like me, you find yourself asking these questions time and time again, the setting becomes detrimental to your story. So what's more important, getting some average sight gags into your script or making sure it's an emotionally resonant story? Which takes me to our next issue, which is the love story. It has potential, but I think it suffers from a tonal disparity, which the show as a whole suffers from. I had a genuine question about these characters. Are they meant to be funny? Because the lines are being delivered as though they are saying jokes, but nothing is funny. Can I make it? Can I make a, a point one out of those things that came up? Yes, for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a line. I think it's in the first episode mm-hmm. where um, Nathan is meeting Nora for the first time, who is Angel, mm-hmm. and she says something like, uh, "Something like something about the rest or welcome to the first day of your the rest of your afterlife or something like that." Mm-hmm. And not said in a way to be funny because she was or not anything like that. It was said with total sincerity. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not sure what you're going for here. That's what? really confused me what the tone is. Go that on. comes to my <laughs> next point. I say I'm unsure if the characters within the show are meant to be funny people or if we as an audience are meant to see the humor within the scene, but the characters aren't. I legitimately don't know what these actors are aiming for in most scenes and I don't blame them. I blame the direction they all must have received. Now, in terms of the two leads, the audience is told that these characters are drawn to one another, but beyond them being both very, very pretty, I find myself shrugging at their connection. Hiring two hot actors to stare at each other and pretend to be faux dorks isn't actually engaging, it's just kind of obnoxious. And so if I'm unable to connect to or care about the two leads, I really don't give a fuck about their plight. But it's not solely on the two leads at all. This happens for most characters. Some characters are in one show, some characters are in another show. It's all very confusing. And this speaks to a broader issue I'm not sure if anyone has a clear understanding of what this show should feel like or what response they want from the audience. Do they want me to laugh? 
you know, maybe write some jokes then. Do they want me to care about the love story? Well, write laid and authentic characters. Do they want me to love the world they've built? Well, in that case, make it consistent and let me feel comfort in knowing you've thought it all through. Now, I kind of wouldn't mind a workplace dramedy about employees of a giant futuristic corporation connecting with their customers despite a total lack of autonomy from both sides. You know, a road to revolution would be slowly paved as they learn to exist between the lines of the compulsory terms and service. You know, as both employees and customers begin to realize that they're trapped in capitalism and in order to live freely, they have to break out together. I am down for that story. But that's just a vague concept and a concept isn't enough, which is what I discovered while watching Upload. Except I think you've already thought about the concept more than the writers did. <laughs> I think that's from deprivation because as I was watching it, I was like, <laughs> this should be fill the blanks. so much more. Um, now, perhaps I wouldn't be so harsh if I hadn't seen similar shows who had nailed this kind of thing before. I mean, in the last few years, we've had both The Good Place and season one of Westworld because I choose to ignore any other season of that show because they're garbage. <laughs> now, both of those shows tackled several of the ideas we see that arise in Upload, but with, well, in terms of The Good Place, the humour fuses with the world wonderfully while discussing the afterlife and Westworld nails the horrors behind a limitless access to our desires through technology. I mean, I remember when we reviewed one of the early seasons of The Good Place, I said that I never knew I wanted a Parks and Rec slash Westworld hybrid, but I ended up loving it. So melding humour with darker sci-fi can work, but it takes a deft hand, which Upload seems to be without. That's my review. My goodness. All right. She takes a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Take a big drink. Mm. Before I start my review today, I just want to give a quick shout out to friend of the show, Paul Mitzi of the Swapcast podcast, who suggested we watch this show. Paul, I don't know what it is that I did to hurt you, (laughs) whatever it was. (laughs) I literally in my notes, it says, Paul Mitzi is never allowed to recommend a show again. He's banned. He's banned. Whatever it was cannot have been worthy of this. That being said... (laughs) If this was not an act of aggression, then please don't take what I'm about to say as any sort of personal judgment. In fact, if you truly do, if this truly is your second favorite show of the year, you may even want to skip the rest of this episode entirely. <clears throat> Upload season one is quite possibly the worst show we have reviewed on Hunting Seasons <laughs> since Netflix's The Defenders, if not since Dead Like Me, way back when we first started the podcast. <laughs> Like, and it's it's even more hurtful because as we were talking with him in in the last episode, and we needed a show to do. Feel really bad. We were also talking about like how much we've been through being in Melbourne right now, and he was talking about going off with friends for barbecues and stuff. And I thought in our explanation, like that he got it and he felt a sense of empathy, and now I know he didn't. Now I know he absolutely did not understand what we went through to make me spend five hours, which felt like 15, watching this show. (laughs) 
Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm losing already. This show represents nearly all of my biggest problems with typical American-style comedies. It is an unfunny, lazily written, poorly cast, incompetently directed, cynical mess of a show that I'm actually a little angry exists at all on a major streaming platform. As a zero-budget YouTube series or student film, sure, that makes sense to me. On Amazon Prime Video, this is not acceptable. Let's start with the biggest problem. This is a comedy that is just not funny. I know I had a similar problem when we reviewed Corporate Season 1 a few weeks ago, but Upload is a whole different story. The thing about Corporate is, is that it had a perspective. Its perspective didn't quite line up with my own experience, and so I didn't find myself laughing at it that much. But what I wasn't doing was actively groaning at its attempts at humour. It's not that only that the jokes are just dumb people being dumb or some variation of applying internet logic slash concepts to a real world type scenario. All that virtually none of the comedy happens with our leads that happens with our leads is character based and either comes from cartoonish peripheral characters or environmental gags going on around them. It's that there is complete lack of wit and timing. What if dumb thing was dumb is not comedy. Therefore, this, sh this show is not funny and flatly fails as a comedy. Upload is also trying to be two other things, a romance and a murder mystery. It fails just as much at these aspects too, and Tonely has no idea how to mix these concepts in any coherent or engaging way. If you want to do a love story, make sure your lead characters slash actors have any chemistry at all. <laughs> I want to point out here for a second, as I was watching this mm. and Liam was watching a little bit along with me, he noted, do you remember there's an, a scene in, I want to say it's episode two, where I can't remember the song, but Nora and Nathan oh, start singing Uptown Funk. To Uptown Funk, yeah. right? Yeah. One of the most awkward interactions, zero chemistry, zero anything going on there. Apparently that was their audition piece, and the fact that that was the thing that got them the role really, really worries me. They must be really charming people in real life, that they came oh, sure in they and are. did their audition, and the casting agent just probably loved them as people. That doesn't mean they've got chemistry. In fact, make sure you cast actors with a pulse. Hard to have a heart-filled romance if your characters don't have a beating heart. Conversely, if you want to do a mystery, don't just throw breadcrumbs, sometimes involving literally disposable and painful-to-watch side characters at the end of each episode. Or worse, have characters clumsily and inorganically reveal key plot points slash talk about very important character moments rather than have them happen on screen. Let me be clear, the concept of this show is not bad, it's actually very good, there is a lot of meat on these bones, but an idea alone is valueless if you can't execute on it and upload fails to execute on every level. The rules of this world are crucial if you're going to have a compelling sci-fi world or satisfying mystery element, but the parameters are far too sloppily thrown together for that, inviting constant questions of, why not do this, or how are they doing that? The main characters have a general shape that could be filled in to make complete and layered people, but the writing and direction do nothing to serve this, resulting in a lot of long-winded diatribes to try and explain how and why a character feels that way, rather than showing it. The 2D characterizations are then underserved by clunky, convenient plotting that is the antithesis of drama. <sighs> To be fair, not everything about the show is bad. Allegra Edwards, who plays Ingrid, seems to have at least some comedic instincts, and there are some fun and clever future tech ideas, like the use of hand gestures to control a holographic phone. But for every tiny grain of a good idea, there is a dump truck of awfulness to bury it. I could go on and dig into some more problems, like the clumsy cinematography and cheap production values, but at this point, I'd just be dumping on it for the sake of it. Instead, I'll just wrap up by simply saying that I fucking hated Upload Season 1. Could this show have worked? Definitely. But with this level of execution, at best is deserving of a low-budget, 
catalogue-filling 70-minute Netflix rom-com that Damask would rip to shreds in an excellent episode of an excellent YouTube video essay series, Love is a Lie. Mm. Cool. So glad I got that off my chest. <laughs> I do want to say I completely agree with you that I don't necessarily blame the actors so much, particularly our leads, for what's going on. I really think at a base level it is mm. really bad just um, yeah. basic level writing and then really terrible mm. direction. Like well, I think they like, have not been given the direction to do what they should be doing. As As I was watching it, I was like there is some really – really truly bad performances going on here and I was getting angry and angrier angrier I think particularly I found be- the comedic timing of um the actress who plays Nora was mm-hmm. baffling to me but then as I kind of thought about it more and more I was like I actually don't even know with the intention of the line or that clearly if that is a joke the director should be like this is why it's funny. This mm-hmm. is what you're trying to put forward. So the, the performances are not good, but they're on a foundation of weird tonal disparity that makes everything then upwards just worse and worse and worse. So there is an element of bad performance, but it's that is not the root of the issue at all. I 100% agree. What would you give this show out of five stars, Damask? I think I'm giving it a generous two. That is extremely generous. Thank you. <laughs> I am I am trying to decide Look, between one and a one. half of that is just to maintain a friendship with Paul. <laughs> <laughs> For that reason, I'm going to give it a one and a half stars then because I was deciding between a one and a one and a half. I'll give it a one and a half. Um just for Paul's sake because, yeah. I think oh. the, like, vague concept and I think if you don't have – High, high expectations. I don't know, because everyone's going to watch it differently. Sure. I think some people would happily watch it and be like, oh, this is kind of fun and fine. But I've just seen such high-quality shows that look very similar mm-hmm. and have very and other shows that have very similar themes that we have reviewed as four- and five-star shows. And this is nowhere, nowhere near it. So, yeah, I think my two is pretty generous. But it's if you want something that feels like, yeah, this is what kind of TV should be doing. This is like what makes TV so good. Mm. This show is not it at all on any level. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we dive into spoilers, we'd like to ask everyone who enjoys hunting seasons to please review us on Apple Podcasts. Nothing helps the show to grow more than by throwing five stars and maybe a couple of nice words our way. And to sweeten the deal, if we reach 25 written reviews on Apple Podcasts, we'll finally review Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 1. We would also love you to share hunting seasons with friends and family who you think might also enjoy listening. Next week, we'll be back with our review of Harley Quinn Season 1. If you'd like to contribute to our discussion of Harley Quinn or you have thoughts on Upload, you can write to us or send us an audio recording that we may include on a future episode to contact at HuntingSeasonsPodcast.com or find us on Twitter at HuntingSCast. But right now, let's talk spoilers for Upload Season 1. You're now entering the Spoiler Zone. Spoiler warning, from here on, we'll be discussing everything that happens in season one of Upload. That's the warning that you need to know about. We're discussing Upload. And Upload is trash. Before listening any further, we recommend watching all of Upload up to this point. Not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You have been warned. Don't watch it. Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. When I ask people to write in or give us a recording if they have any thoughts on Upload they'd like to share, Paul, I would love you to ta- take you up on that. If you have something, if you want to, you know, go into bat for Upload, I would love to include that on in the next um, episode of the show of Hunting Season. So please, please, please send that in. Um, also, we love you. Please don't hate us for not liking the show, but we are about to dump on it. Damask, you want to start us off? Mm-hmm. All right. My first nugget of shit that I will lay atop its head. Um, <laughs> my, at the very top of the season, mm-hmm. I just kept asking myself, and it continued throughout really, the more that we kind of come to know about Nora, why would she risk her employment for this, this guy? Like her dad's dying. She's desperate to get him uploaded. Why would she risk it? Because they lean really hard in him being really cute at the very beginning sure. when she's first digging around. Is that enough of a catalyst to go down that road? Uh, I guess the only thing we can go for here on that is that she just falls deeply madly in love with this guy. She talks about it once a couple of times actually about like feeling like disconnected from the world she lives in ever since like her mum died or whatever. Um, she obviously hates like the, her dating life has been bad. She makes connection with somebody that she can't really have, which does happen. But I don't know. All those answers aren't compelling because the show didn't make me give a shit about Nora and Nathan. Like, that's the problem. It's like, I think you can like 
point at specific plot points or discussions that are had, but it's hard to believe that, yeah, that, that any of what the show is telling you on those regards. I don't think so. My biggest question is, who the fuck is Nathan exactly? And why is he the lead character of this show? Like, what is... What is the perspective? What is the what is the pull of Nathan into this show as our lead character? What is the pull of Nathan? What a great question. Because <laughs> um, obviously we start off in the first episode and he is a fucking douche bag. Oh, but he dances He dances with his niece though, which makes him the nice guy, right? That's the save the cat moment, right? I wrote that in my... No, so I was like, oh, but he's dancing and he's cute. <laughs> um, no, he's a fucking asshole, which, okay, which I'm sorry, I was about to go somewhere else. We're focused on Nathan right now. He is awful to his girlfriend, so awful, and I get that she seems vain and blah, 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 but he's a fucking ass wipe to her mm-hmm. and sends her mixed signals all the time and then judges her for reading those mixed signals as being genuine what a piece of fucking shit anyway so like that's the first episode but that's okay like main lead characters are allowed to start like that right well, that's that's the thing it's like yeah. i'm i was like oh what an asshole but i was like but that's gonna make for a really cool journey because mm-hmm. he's obviously gonna lose everything including his body which he pride it takes so much pride in blah blah all that stuff it's gonna be an emotional journey i'm down for that so in episode one i wasn't loving it at all but i was still like okay cool we're gonna get that that journey that arc for him which is great and then i don't know we get into upload town and Mm -hmm. he meets nora and then they're like real cutesy and stuff and i understand that he's had certain memories deleted but why does he like all of that terrible behavior, why does it immediately just kind of go away? Yeah, that's the thing. There isn't really a journey there. He just gets there, hates the place. And then the other layer to it is if it's like, if the show is made me meant to think that he is an asshole, right? And that he's the bad guy and not the victim to begin with. And the journey is about him getting better. Then the idea that he gets uploaded and is under the thumb of Ingrid and sort of like that she is then controlling his life because she controls the money. Oh, he's a really fucking weird choice. Shifted. Yeah, instantly yeah, he's just like the victim. It's really, 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 really weird. It's uh, and it's hard to know what they're trying to do with the character at that point. He's just sort of trapped in a place, feels like shit, connects with the only person that comes in who's like a real person that, and we're meant to think that's a I don't know a nice thing. I, I don't I don't know I don't know what I'm meant to attach to. And above all all of that, everything is made more compl- complicated and sort of but hidden behind like the mystery of it. Like that muddles everything. Constantly we're wondering like, did Ingrid do this to him? Or was it the dad? Or was it somebody else? Or what was going on that was like caused him to be murdered like that? And it's a nothing plot point that is so terribly handled and just gets in the way of actually doing any character work, I think, um, with the show. (sighs) I'm going to write like this a lot. Yeah, I think if we had, you know, maybe up to three episodes of Nathan being douchebag Nathan and Nora just has to kind of put up with him and the, I know, and I don't want her to teach him how to be a good person. I don't fucking want that at all. But through his experiences in the world with other people who may have lived a hundred years and have some, you know, really poignant advice for him or life experiences, whatever, but him to an, 
initially to begin to grow and Nora can see that he does have value and there is more depth there would be nice. That, of course, isn't what we get. We get this weird kind of innocent Nathan. Ingrid is the bad guy because she's like a, a vapid bitch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've got so many issues with that fucking character. Me you've too. Got this nagging girlfriend, but you've got the cool chick that you really like and wish you could be with, but your stupid bitch girlfriend uh, keeps getting in the way. Like, it's just... The most egregious part of the way that Ingrid is treated, right, is this discussion as Nora and Nathan get close together, this discussion of, like, you need to tell your girlfriend that you're breaking up with me so that we can get together, right? And what do they do to make sure they can shift the blame to Ingrid? Turns out she slept with Jamie, the best friend who we saw in one part of the... Like, one scene in episode one, and then is, like, filtered through these, like, broken memories and talked about a few times, but isn't present to have any connection or understanding of whatsoever. But somewhere along the line, in a... When she goes to, like, a support group meeting, she mentions that she slept with Nathan's best friend. And it's like, when the fuck did that happen? It didn't happen on screen. Why is this being brought up now when it's not consequential to anything that's happening? Because Nathan's not finding out. None of the characters that matter knowing out. Ingrid's just confessing to the audience at this point. And that's so that we go, oh, fuck Ingrid. I hope he ends up with... And it's like, that is that is disgusting character work. That is character assassination for the sake of it. And it was awful i hated it and it doesn't like deal with the more interesting issue of so this guy has like clearly with this woman and they because he enjoys having sex with her and it may have something to do with the fact that her dad is really influential i'm not sure but it's definitely because he enjoys having sex with her and we see in that first episode how he kind of placates her or is not direct with her. And so she is led to believe that they have a future together mm-hmm. and she is invested in that. And therefore, when he's on death's door or believes him to be, mm-hmm. she then saves him with the expectation, this huge expectation, yes, but something that they have clearly kind of spoken about is that, that she wants to be with him. Yeah. And she obviously cares about him deeply, but he has manipulated her and their relationship to get what he wants, which is mostly sex. And he never has to deal with that. It's just like, oh, like she's controlling me. Yeah. Well, I was like, well, she gave you a great gift because she loves you and wants to spend her life with you. Like what, like why is that not a much more interesting, something you'd be emotionally invested in and it's complex. Like give me that kind of storyline, please. The thing that annoys me as well though is like that, information about Ingrid and Jamie does that ever get I know I know he talks to Jamie and Jamie confesses it but does Nathan ever have that conversation with Ingrid I don't think he does not in the show and then it's like so what you've done is you've taken something that has dramatic potential and not only told not show but you didn't get around to actually letting the drama of that come out there need to be a conversation there maybe Ingrid can talk about her problems with Nathan and vice versa like the idea that the distance is is causing them to separate sure yeah basic like long distance relationship stuff there's apparently more interesting stuff going on that you aren't talking about you're not making it part of the story and then they have the audacity at the end of the season to have Ingrid apparently upload herself to Lakeview as well because she decides she he is more important to her than her fucking dad and his money is and, and her life, like she kill, pretty much kills herself. She must have, right? Unless there's a twist. I've thought about this. Unless there's a twist that she is not actually uploaded, that she's like, or there's like VRing in or whatever it might be, right? She might not actually be 
uploaded 100%. It might be there might be a twist later on. We find out she's just sort of like, but I don't know any of that. That's just speculation on what they could do to, to undo that. With the knowledge, yeah, the knowledge we have, the implication is that she yes. has either been killed by her dad or killed herself. And now sure. she's, because she seems really happy. Like she has made an active choice yes. to do that to be with him. So then that infers that she did it to herself. Absolutely. But the consistent we- character assassination of this character, like I was horrified when, so Ingrid and Nathan are trying to have sex mm-hmm. and then Ingrid calls for Angel. Mm-hmm. The dehumanising act of covering her with a blanket while she then gets intimate with her boyfriend, and then later laughs about it with her friend as though that was a charming story was fucked. <laughs> and I was like, oh, the writers hate this character. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I have more empathy for that character than they do, which just makes me hate them and not the actual character. 100%. That was actually a point I wanted to get to. I think Ingrid might be the most interesting character on the show because even with the attempts to character assassinate her constantly and again to end the show with this terrible revelation that Ingrid has uploaded herself and Nathan's reaction is like, what the fuck? It's like they kept, there is enough empathy there. There's enough goodness to her underneath it. Like she means well, even if she's vapid, even if she's ignorant, all these sorts of things. I think she's got more of a heart than, than Nathan does and possibly Nora as well in a lot of senses. And the performance and even just some little comedic timing things that our actress does, I honestly think makes me connect to her more than any of the other leads. And that is, you've fucked up and you're making your show if that happens. <laughs> like, even in that kind of last scene when she is, she's uploaded and she goes to see Nathan and he's frozen because he's run out of data, she, like, just before that, he has had a conversation with Nora about how like they're all in danger and stuff. And he's clearly acting not like himself. Yeah. Nora doesn't go out of her way to discover why this guy who apparently she cares about is like acting really weird and then doesn't respond. But as I soon as Ingrid gets there, Sorry. she gives him one gig and wants to talk to him and is so happy to see him. It's like Ingrid's way fucking better for you than Nora, mate. Like, I don't know what you're doing. So a couple of things about that Nora thing really annoy me. Number one, she cuts him off when he does try to let her know as she's having her big ramble, like tries to to say, you know, you need to know this thing and she cuts her off. She also fucking knows that he's a two gig. She knows it because she was at the scene where he talks about it with her. She's Her avatar is in that fucking room with him. She knows this information. She's also just had a phone conversation and had that whole ridiculous chase bit, which I'll get to later on. My thoughts on that. But the <laughs> yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, hilarious. It is so ridiculous that she does not make the connection for a second to go. And this is a guy also that she's almost just been murdered, and we don't know what the fuck's happening with him as well. She doesn't think to just check before she judges him on what the fuck is going on. Maybe he just got deleted and disconnected. You don't fucking know anything about what's happening in this moment, and the. It's just that sort of stuff, that convenience or or manufactured inconvenience that like happens in rom-coms with the misunderstanding and stuff like that, it just completely weighs down this show from having any meaningful impact. It cannot. That ending is meaningless. So you mentioned this very briefly earlier and um, it was a scene in which I <laughs> was furiously typing into my notes because I couldn't believe what I was saying and the, the logical... 
um, synapses that were firing, but the riders were telling me not to bother <laughs> with those. Um, totally. it, was, it was the chase scene. So yeah. Nora's running from... In the last from, episode. Yeah, was running from a murderer and um, Nathan is hacking so he can look into, you know, the architectural design of the building, figure out where everything, the blueprints, where everything is. He's also, he was you know, using all security these security cam- cameras CCTV everywhere. CCTV stuff, yeah. Can't take a moment to just also dial 911 in a different tab, nor can she, even he though phones are your... Yeah, he does. And even though she can't call them, despite phones being in your fucking fingers. Mate, she is literally talking to <laughs> him on the fucking phone. She is talking to him. It, doesn't doesn't make any to him. Sense. it makes no sense. How and why and what? So like she they include a scene of her finding a police officer and saying, please help me, there's a murderer. And the police officer's mm-hmm. like, cool, I'll deal with it. And then she's like, whoa, whoa, buddy. And they get stabbed with a fucking knife and like instantly falls to the ground from I the steak knife like, or whatever. Was it a security guard or police? I don't know. Whatever it was, because, there was just yeah. a person of authority and, you know, physically was meant to be able to help her. Mm-hmm. And they have to make sure this guy can take her out instantly and then keeps running up to Nora or whatever. Yeah, also, I as you run down the street, why aren't you screaming to the many people around you, someone please call the cops, someone's chasing me with a knife? Mm-hmm. Like, because people are just casually walking by her. I was like, they they may not stop him and you might have to keep running, but at least someone's going to be calling the police. It's crazy. And, you know, hopefully he's not going to stab anyone else in the fucking street. Good Lord. Exactly. I'm just trying to think of all the things <sighs> that were going in that scene. The, the cascade of events that just were beyond disbelief. Number one, little one, but one that annoyed me. Mm. Oh, actually, a couple of things here. A couple of episodes earlier, there's this really strange scene where Nora, like, has a go at this homeless man who's taking, like, vegetables out of her hanging garden mm. that hangs out her window, which as far at the time I was like, why the fuck was that scene there? That scene's there so you understand how she gets out of her apartment building, yeah. apparently, in episode 10. Absolutely. Crazy, crazy that that's how you decide to do it. Then... In that scene where the murderer sneaks in, right, he's able to sneak into Nora's apartment because she's got the headset VR set on and she's talking to Nathan in the two gig room, I might add, which is how she knows he's a two gig because at this point they're talking about it. He sneaks in because she's got this shit on, right? She Mm. gets an alert at her front door because the guy goes to look out her front door for some reason with no explanation as to why that is. Oh, no, he heard some children in the hallway and just wanted to give it a peek. Mm. You don't just make sure the fucking door's locked. The... So if you're an assassin, right, if you're someone who professionally sneaks into people's homes, you're probably going to know that people have, like, a thing on their door that might tell them that someone's at their door. But that's just me. Whatever. Nora gets that thing, takes her VR headset off, mid-conversation with Nathan. She doesn't say goodbye or anything like that. She's just like, hmm, that's weird. I'll be back. Takes it off to go and find out what's going on. Nothing happens. She goes back to sit in her bed. She doesn't put the VR headset back on. Nathan, for some reason, calls her on her laptop to the continue the conversation, which is weird, right? Imagine yeah. if we were having a... We've never seen that before, have we? It just it doesn't make any sense. If we're having a conversation on, on the phone, mm. right, and then I put the phone down to leave, do you call my phone again or do you come to my door and knock on my door and let's have the conversation this way? Do you text message me? Do you, you use the same method you were talking to me first? But mm-hmm. they do that. 
so that Nathan can then see what's happening in the room around Nora. They changed yeah. the entire place they're having the conversation, which starts the next bit. Nora's being attacked by this guy. Nathan uses the magic pen that she stole from somebody for fucking no reason except to give him as a fucking gift, apparently. Anyway, takes that, taps on a phone, and is suddenly this essentially a video game programmer is able to hack into all this data in the real world to track where Nora is, to see architecture, to control a fucking elevator to kill this guy. <laughs> this it's is insane. insane. Yeah, this is insane. Because if you have this level of access to technology, why the fuck are you fucking around with scrubbing his memories? Go and start surveillancing the people who you suspect. Why is this so hard if you have access to this data, this stuff why? all the time? I need to know why the people who work at Lakeview, just your average techie, has a tiny screwdriver that if you touch anything in the room, you can access the world's security the cameras. World. <laughs> I don't know how those things are linked, but apparently they are. Um, yeah, it's, mo- it's it was moments like that that made me go, you guys haven't thought about this at all or like had a critical moment in the writer's room where people go, well, let's work through what's happening in this scene to see if it makes sense because it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. At all. Fucking hell. This just only opens up to all sorts of other questions about this world, right? And one that comes to mind straight away that was baffling me in earlier episodes is that mm. sometimes when Nora is in being an angel inside whatever lake it is, Lakeview, mm. she's either wearing a full VR headset or the next scene, she's wearing like these glasses, glasses that have got like yeah. blue tint. What's the difference and why is there a difference? Well, I had and the same question because, like, when her dad's in the the space where he's, like, going to visit Lakeview to sell, like, they're kind he of selling the idea. He has to have the, the full se- fucking he's sex the, suit, right? A full suit and he's got the VR headset. I'm like, you'd think if they were selling it, they'd want, like, this really kind of sleek, it's no big deal type thing. And then I was like, oh, but maybe, like, the VR sets, like, your everyday kind of cheap and those ones specifically for the office are really expensive and a work kind of instrument. I shouldn't have to be doing that amount of mental work to make that scene make sense to me as to why those things are so different. It just Also, it just, it, yes, the sex suits. Sure. Why was that so disgusting? Why did we need to see the scrubbing of like, oh, yeah, no, it was hilarious. It's, it's hilarious. Mm. I think the th- funny thing is <laughs> yeah. the sex suit, not the sex suit concept, which was mm. a cheap, unthought out, obvious joke, right? Yeah. Ingrid in the sex suit trying mm. to be sexy was funny. It might have been the first time I properly laughed in the show. I was like, and that. And that's the sort of thing, I mean, when I'm connecting to Ingrid a little bit, it's because there is something genuinely charming about that Mm. and the way that, and that just comes down to the actress having apparently good comedic chops and instincts, I think. Another question that just blows Mm. my mind that this isn't a thing, they're constantly talking about like, like the guy, you remember in like episode three or four where they download that guy for the first time and his head explodes? It's Creed from The Office US, I think Mm -hmm. it is, right? And then later on, Nathan is leaving... um, Lakeview to go and try out other things. They're like, this is the one copy of your son. Yeah. Like, why? Why isn't there a fucking backup? 
Why the <laughs> fuck is there only one copy? Mm-hmm. That is the most ridiculous and sort of stupid. That doesn't make any sense that that would be the case. The whole point of having things digitally is that they're easy to copy and back up. And there's a and that was the thing that was like, this show just doesn't even know, understand its own concept. Early on when the dad's talking about not wanting to be uploaded to one of the digital afterlives, he's talking mm. about wanting to be with his, his wife or whatever. It's like, if you truly believe in a soul... None of this matters to you anyway. If you, whatever is being digitally uploaded wouldn't be you. Why is this such a fucking big deal to you? And mm. then finally later on, he mentions that this is not like having a soul or whatever. But that still doesn't change the fact that it wouldn't fucking affect him. Let your daughter yeah. upload you for a peace of mind. What the fuck does it... It's not stealing your soul, is it? Is that what you're suggesting? You're not telling me that. Like, this is the sort of <laughs> thing they're just... They're not really engaging with their own concept in any meaningful way that mm. is satisfying as a viewer, I didn't think. Whew, sorry, another rant. No, over. no. No, it was perfect. I think, like, just going back to something you said earlier, just about how Ingrid in that suit was, like, the first time you laughed and that reminded me I was like oh what was the first time that made me laugh probably and only time I think um it was in the second episode and I don't even remember what Nathan is doing but he's being really loud and oh no that's when they're doing that stupid uptown funk thing Mm -hmm. but then behind them is a man reading a newspaper and he just says you've made yourself right at home because they were so obnoxiously loud singing while he's clearly trying to read the news and I laughed out loud. I was like, oh, cool. This is going to be like a Parks and Rec. We're in this town. We're going to get to know all of these different people. And that whole episode that- is Nathan meeting people too. Like he's meant yeah. to be making I'm connections. Like, yeah. We're going to, yeah, we're going to get to know people. And through Nathan's experience of getting to know people that he otherwise wouldn't, we're going to learn about him and he's going to grow. Like that was probably my only time laughing. I thought that was actually quite a good joke. Um, because it's meant to be like this rom-com moment that's then cut short by the reality of being surrounded by other people. Um, but, you know, that the hope I had for that show, that idea of a show that was in my mind at that point, very quickly disappeared by episode three. <laughs> very quickly. Can I, can I talk about another moment that did actually make me laugh? Let's for a mm-hmm. second be positive. Yeah. One moment I did like, there's a scene where apparently at Lakeview they have this like level that's like a, a bar where people go to meet on or date online or whatever it is, mm. right? And mm-hmm. Luke is able to sneak up there and like he's on this date with these two girls. And then at some stage, I can't remember if it's the AI or someone else, Nora comes in or her, his angel I think it is. Alicia. Comes in and sort of, Alicia comes in and says, mm. you're like, this guy's actually dead. And then Luke's date, the actress that played or the woman that played that role, goes just keeps going, oh, that's fine. That's not weird. That's not weird. That's not weird. And it's like less and less convincing until eventually the avatar just freezes and you hear her throwing her vomit. up. vomit, yeah. And I was like, that is, that is actually quite mm. funny. And the way it was presented, the surprise of that, you don't expect it. Like that's how comedy is meant to work sort of thing. Yeah. Um, that, I was like, that moment worked. I don't know why it's now, why it's happening now. Maybe that just I really, that yeah, I really enjoyed the actress who played Alicia. Like just her little asides at her desk, sure. her like her need to find Mr. Caputo. Um, Interesting name choice as well. Yes, <laughs> like just little things like that. And I enjoyed her. I also enjoyed. I don't think it didn't make sense for the show as to like what they were doing. Once again, it's a tonal issue. But I'd watch a show with Ingrid, Alicia, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Cousin Fran. 
Like whatever world those characters are existing in would be fine. You don't agree with you Cousin Fran? You lost That's me fine. at Cousin Fran. I re- Cousin Fran is I, awful. I loved I, Cousin Fran. I was like, I want to watch a detective show. I don't, I don't like her in this show, but I want to watch sure. a detective show about this woman called Cousin Fran who is like a gym teacher who is really into the investigating game and just kind of like is a total hard ass and does it. I I love that character, made no sense on the show, didn't un- like no everyone's in different shows, but I wanted yeah. to watch Cousin Fran's show. I would kept thinking this is a Melissa McCartney character that could be very, very good if done right. And the reveal that she was just a gym teacher and not an actual mm. investigator wasn't a terrible thing. Then they went and killed her off. I'm kind of <laughs> left going, why the fuck was this in the show in the first place? I didn't yeah. find it funny to begin with. I'm glad you did. Mm. But then I'm like, what a waste of fucking time I that think was. I, I found like a, a, it was a sweet reprieve. Like, and I, <laughs> It's like with Alicia. Someone like actually trying. Someone, someone who is actually like trying to bring the comedy into the show and does have comedic timing. Now, it doesn't work in the context of many things that are happening around it, which makes it confusing. But I could see like some real skill there. And I was like, thank God. Speaking of characters that you found really appealing and weren't a waste of time at all, what did you think of Luke as a character? Is that the best friend guy? Yeah, that's him. Yeah. What do I think of Luke? Um, what I don't is there know. to think? What is there to think? <laughs> I don't know what his purpose was. I don't, I mean, I don't mind. I thought the actor fully committed and did a good job for whatever the fuck he was given, which was nothing. Um, I think he was meant to be funny. He was mostly just annoying and... I guess was there to push forward plot points, but then in this show, plot Which points ones? don't really mean anything. Which plot oh, points was in he terms pushing of forward? um, like going to that grey market or whatever, which then makes uh, what's her name Nora see um, what's his name Nathan <laughs> in a different light. <laughs> it's just. In that context of the fact that there is no plot and yet he's moving things forward, so things are happening. Um, but other than that, I guess he was meant to be like the comedic sidekick, but he wasn't yeah. given any jokes, which makes that job really hard. Um, but no, I don't have many good things to say <coughs> about Luke. I, I just don't. I, they don't know what that character is. He doesn't. So he's introduced as being this guy. He's an he's an army vet who mm. lost his legs um, in whatever war he was fighting in, mm. and then five years after losing his legs, he he said rolled himself under a scanner, so committed suicide. I might add to go mm. and live a digital afterlife, um, and then just is sort of like trying to live it up as some sort of like frat boy type character. I guess he's like obsessed with dating and sex, but it it's not really. There's no arc. There's nothing for him to learn. He's just there to fill in time. He'll have a B or a C storyline sometimes. Mm. Like the one apparently in like the second last or the last episode, there's some egg hunt going on. Uh, second mm. last episode, I think it is. If you find the egg hunt, you find the golden egg, you get like 10000 or $100,000 or whatever it is. And he just won't listen to his angel who is obviously trying to give him advice. And that's the joke that he's a piece of shit who doesn't listen. 
Yeah. Like, and then blames her for not helping out. It's like this. And the this is optics funny. of watching a white man scream at a black woman when she's been trying to help him is pretty fucking tone deaf. Um, and I don't really think that's funny because as if she doesn't experience that all the fucking time, that level of rudeness. Um, and rudeness is putting it mildly. Yeah, no, he's. You know, he's trying to be like an Andy. Like, they've made him this yes. absolute yes. dumbass. But with, like, a, whereas Andy's um, confidence came from he wasn't smart enough to realise that he shouldn't be confident, but he was never um, purposely harmful. Whereas this guy kind of does know that he's not worthy and tries to rip everyone down but he's not successful at it because he's dumb like he's just not a a enjoyable character to watch or engage with at all um yeah in terms of yeah so he's this suicidal vet who had lost his legs why what is the purpose of that backstory what does that tell us about him I'm not sure, really. I mean, at the very top, he he's he's almost made to be suicidal and on edge, so that we know that there is an option out of the world that you can go up the torrent. Though that's kind of left behind at the back half of the season, anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. Nor do I really. Fucking he had that storyline. He had that storyline where he slept with the hundred year old lady who's like Ingrid's grandmother or something. He's really or flexible or something and just Yeah, kind she of got some upgrade for flexible has, hips or whatever it is. Doesn't have a personality, just wants to fuck. Um yeah. which is really f- what a funny storyline. Um another so hilarious they multiple scenes. Multiple scenes of that storyline that episode. <laughs> another hilarious storyline that I thought was like super informative and like really kind of educational was the one where the little boy like turns into a woman and then he realizes that he should like respect women and i thought that was really cool that was sarcasm I get the in case sense you couldn't read that, that you over did, audio yeah <laughs> just wanted to make that clear that i don't think you were being honest when you said that Oh, so I hated that entire fucking episode. I hated it so fucking much. It's my li- spoiler. It's my least favorite episode. It was an absolute piece of shit. <laughs> so, was it episode two? I can't remember now. Whatever. No, it was episode five actually. It's the one. <sighs> so at the Wait. top of the episode, Nora clear clearly says. Oh, I've got to look after this guy, otherwise I'll lose my points. I'm blah 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 blah. And Nathan's like, "I'll do it." And Luke's around, and he wants to go to this kind of grey market, and you know they're going to take the kid, and oh, something bad's going to happen because Nora said, "Don't let anything bad happen," and then something bad happens, and it's meant to be stressful, but it's just fucking annoying because you've let me know at the very top of the episode that's exactly what's going to fucking happen, and then he comes back, and then he turns into a woman, and then for that one experience of being topless in a room full of people oogling her giblets now that little boy has learned not to be sexist it's fuck it's insulting to my intelligence and i fucking hated it it was one of the worst episodes of tv i've ever fucking seen and it made me so angry oh my god like it was bad no no you're right it was (laughs) terrible 
Yeah. But a lot of those episodes were. All right, just to change the tone <laughs> for a second. Yeah. Do you? I want to show you how petty I've gotten with this show, though. Like one mm-hmm. of the one of the things early on that made me realize the writing was just not there, was not on point, was something. Okay, mate, this is really nitpicky, but it really annoyed me. There's a scene in episode two, I think it is a season episode three, where the they're not giving Nora like the points that she needs, right? She keeps needing five stars, and they keep giving him three stars, three stars, and she needs mm. five stars. And then Nathan comes in and does like five stars, you know, five stars. Five stars over and over again, being nice. And aside from the mechanics of that being ridiculous that you could stack it that way, let's just ignore Mm. that for a second. (laughs) The bit that I found insulting was that they almost had a moment and then fucked it. Right at the end of that, right, Nora turns to Nathan and goes, I was like, I get it. She gave him five stars. Mm -hmm. And then she says, I just gave you five stars. It's like, you fucking ruined it. (laughs) You don't need that. We don't need you to tell us that. You've communicated mm. that perfectly, but you had to say it. And they that's genuinely the problem. think we're idiots. That's, they that's genuinely how they treat think their audience. we're idiots. It's like the thing and with, you know, going back to like the hacking thing at the end. It's like they don't think that we have the capacity, the cognitive function to go, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, I don't know. Like, who is, if this was a kid's show and they had some of these, like, Sure. These elements happening, that's totally fine. But yep. it's meant to be like this kind of almost cerebral experiment of like what if and blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 and like sci-fi and, you know, all this stuff going on that's speaking to larger themes about life and purpose and who we are, who we truly are versus who we think we are and all of these things. And they're speaking to me like I'm fucking five years old, and but they're pretending that they're not, and it's it's just frustrating. What did you think of the AI guy, like the concierge slash? You know, I hated it. I I hated it. It wasn't funny in any way. Ever at any stage. Ever. I don't. One. Okay. So there's many elements. There aren't any jokes, which is probably the main <laughs> problem with it, other than he trips over. So there's like, oh, he's, you know, not very good and it's a, it's a bit wacky. But then there's also like this weird kind of almost homophobic vibe about it. Like mm-hmm. he's meant mm-hmm. to be creepy and he makes Nathan uncomfortable. It's like one, yep. why would an AI ever be programmed to make anyone uncomfortable or slap them on the ass when they don't want it? doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, he they they always infer that he's creepy and that is oftentimes linked to him <coughs> being close or staring too long or touching Nathan on the ass. Like I'm not I don't know what the joke is there. If you want to explain it to me, sure, but I don't get it. I don't know. The joke was that the AI was bad at being an AI. It's not human. It's not convincingly human. It's cre- I don't. I don't know. They didn't. Again, they didn't have a perspective. He's not actually a character. He mm. is broad, broad stroke comedy, quote unquote. There is nothing else to it. And I'm not saying every show needs to have Janet. Right? Janet mm. was a miracle of writing and performance with Darcy mm-hmm. Card and all that sort of stuff, right? And it's yeah. very unfair to just connect any sort of AI-type assistant character to that, right? Obviously. Mm-hmm. But this is, this is, this is nothing. It's, it's, it's nothing. It's not a funny element. It doesn't serve any purpose. It, no. It's just it, it, 
it's just base like lowest common denominator, nothing going on there. There is no real idea beyond, huh, what if there's an AI that like runs this place, there's multiple versions of it, and it's a real klutz and kind of a creep. Mm. And yeah, it's why like, that? Like, shouldn't the joke be about, you know, what is the interpretation of human replication, right? So like then what is a funny way that a, a, another being, this being AI, would assume mm-hmm. that humans inter- interact with, with one another? Like what is the interpretation of humanity that he is that makes him funny? He's, yep. Well, he's nothing. He does a bunch of pratfalls and is a bit shit at his job. Well, incredibly shit, which then brings me back to like how is this thing functioning? It is functioning at such a low level. Siri is smarter than this fucking dude running around as a bellhop. Like it, it doesn't right. make any sense. That's a question that's worth talking about, right? There yeah. is a comedy, forms of comedy that's all just about the world being ridiculous, mm. right? Futurama does this to some degree, like its rules – it actually, funnily enough, has a fairly decent set of rules in Futurama. Things you can and can't do. It breaks them occasionally. But mm-hmm. um, while it's science is kind of magical, they go out of their way to try and give it rules and structure all the time. But like something like, like Idiocracy, for instance, is all like this extreme, like um, over-the-top version of like what capitalism does to a country like America or something like mm. that. Like it, it takes it to the absurd. So you can have comedy that's absurd like that but still has to kind of have a perspective i guess Mm, this does stuff like that like it takes some technology to an absurd place or some parts of the world to an absurd place but i'm not sure the characters do enough to 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 do anything with that or to like it's really hard to have an absurd world Whoops! It's really hard to have an absurd world and also have a murder mystery that we're meant to be invested in and have a love story. Like those Agreed. things just 100%. don't mesh. That tonally is fucking. Or it just doesn't. It doesn't fit. Yeah, I mean that's what I was speaking to in my like spoiler-free review. Was like we've got all these elements and like you know each one is interesting. And I'm not saying that those three can't fit together, but the way that they have attempted that fusion. Mm-hmm. doesn't work. So we've got these two leads who are in a fucking rom-com who mm-hmm. are existing in this absurdist world with characters that I think are devoid of the ability to have human connection because of how absurd they are in sure. this world that you have made quite complicated because you've been too simple about it because you yeah. haven't – at I, as a viewer, I need to know that all of the the um, logic strings are there, so I don't have to. So I don't have to do the mental work to do that. They haven't done sure. that, and so that is another distracting element. And so you have this tonal dissonance between all these moving elements, and so none of it works at all. We've reviewed. This is like the third Afterlife show I think we've reviewed mm. so far. Dead like me. Mm-hmm. The Good Place, and now Upload. Two of them we've utterly despised. Hated. <laughs> and, and one of them we're quite big fans of overall. Yeah. So I guess the question is, why does The Good Place work and why is it that Upload and Dead Like Me don't seem to work? Or are there other shows you can think of that either haven't worked or have worked when it comes to Afterlife stuff? Because these big ideas can be fun to explore. Did you yeah. watch, is it Miracle or is that no. the one... The I think it was um the one with Daniel Radcliffe that's about like 
Oh, I watched a couple of episodes. Yeah, I didn't hate it. I didn't. I certainly enjoyed it a lot more than I enjoyed it. Yeah, but like afterlife shows like that, like they're surprisingly popular. I think, or Mm. like what if I were dead, or you know, those sorts of sort of shows. The Good Place is the only one I can really think of that's really, really got that right. And I think the reason The Good Place worked Mm -hmm. is because its perspective wasn't just on what if the afterlife, right? It was, let's talk about ethics. Let's talk Mm -hmm. about, let's have bad people and talk about what it actually means to be a good person. And the thesis of that show is a fucking... It knew it was doing that from the very mm-hmm. beginning. It did, yeah. didn't necessarily go the direction it was playing to all the way, but it was like this is our this is our goal here, and it mm-hmm. stuck to that so well. And yeah, I don't think that's like happening in the show. A clarity of purpose. Yes, and so yes. when you have that through line, then you can add elements and see if they work or they don't, depending on what you are trying to say. And I think. Yep. I know they wanted to have a world where people could upload their consciousness after they die. I know, definitely know they wanted that. Great elevator pitch. What if? (laughs) You know, great, great. Good start. Yeah. Keep going. In terms of what they wanted that love story to look like or to make me feel, I'm not sure because I think if there was clarity there, the steps to get there would be much clearer than mm-hmm. they just appear in this world and have a connection. That's not a journey. That's a step. And then so we've got world building, love story. What was the third element we were just talking about? Mystery. Mystery. And then you've murder got mystery. this murder plot, which is basic. It's it's so basic. So that like that's clearly but it not it hangs the- its hat on it so much because yeah. every episode ends with some piece of information it seems like about mm. that. They really want you to care about that murder mystery. Sorry, go on. Yeah, and and so I think in episode 2 I was like, okay, I can kind of see what this show is doing in terms of both the love story and the mystery and you know, the investigation was continuing. I was like, okay, but ultimately, the mystery isn't an, an interesting one. And so I don't believe they have like that passion, that purpose of like this is what this mystery represents this thing or this characteristic of Nathan interacts with this mystery in this way and it's really strong and we know how all of those things are moving together in tandem. It's, it's a mixed bag really. And 90% of the what's in the bag is human feces. And no one wants I, that. I think there are three ways you can handle the mystery, right? The mm. way they did, which is to really hang their hat on it, as well as doing the romance and the comedy and the sci-fi, right? So there's a lot mm-hmm. of things they're trying to do at once. Number two, you can make it sort of a smaller element of the show, as in introduce it as there is a mystery about how or why mm-hmm. Nathan was killed, but don't hang your hat on it so much. Maybe make it come up in a middle episode of the season and then in an end episode of the season and focus more on the characters in the meantime and don't yeah. keep being distracted by it. Um Number three is to not have it at all. And that's my mm-hmm. question. Let's say Nathan didn't die in a mysterious way. It was about this guy who was a shit here. It was a piece of shit. He had this whatever relationship with Ingrid. And then he's suddenly struck mm-hmm. down, is going to die, has a choice to upload, but she'll 
have control of his life and they'll be together forever once she dies. And then what happens? Well, I Was think that en- like is that the- enough for a show if you just did that? Well, the reason they've added a mystery element is because they don't know how to propel this show forward emotionally without a m- mysterious plot, but which is a paper, huge red on flag. Paper, on paper, mm. does that sound like it would be enough for, of a show for you? Yeah. I As mean, in, a guy agreed. living in the afterlife, balancing, you know, who he was with who he wants to be, this new relationship as well as consequences from the past, who, you know, he's, you know, he's owned by this woman um, who has all these expectations for their life together. Like that is really, there's so much there. There's almost too much there that you would need to kind of whittle it down. But there's plenty there for a show. You don't need a murder mystery, no. So the question then is, why does this show have a murder mystery? At what point did Greg Daniels turn around and go, I have made all these great episodes of anime television show and I've mm. done The Office, character-driven humour inside one single small setting. I've also been co-creator of The Office, which is just a bunch of like, uh, it's a small town politics comedy that has no overarching plot besides Leslie Nope's ambition to be great at her job and to like, like succeed politically. Why does Greg Daniels then decide this is the sort of show I want to make? I don't know, to prove that he can, and I don't think he <laughs> can. Um, I don't know. Like my initial reaction is that it's happening because they don't they don't know their characters. They don't know what makes their characters interesting. And so you, when you're in that point of writing, then you infuse, you know, an ad- added element of plot, which an easy thing to do is a, a, a mystery. And it's so popular now in TV. But like we said, there is plenty of plot there. And if you want to figure out your character, you can figure out who your characters are and make any story interesting. So I, it, it might have been an ego thing, being like, I can make a great show with a mystery and it's sci-fi and it's all this stuff and it's funny as well. But that's not what we got. I have a slightly equal cynical reading i guess Mm. i feel like what's likely happened here is amazon has gone to greg daniels and said can you make us uh the good place Mm. right can you make us that show it's literally an afterlife show the good place got very well known for its big twists right particularly at the end of seasons um Mm -hmm. and they're like can you do that for us and so this mystery element was its way of doing the big twists sort of thing right making you go oh i didn't know that beforehand completely misunderstanding what the good place was doing which was not presenting it as a mystery Mm-hmm. which was just having this happen and then getting to the end and going, but this is what was really happening the whole time and now you're seeing the show differently because of it. Um, that's my guess is that what is that's what's happened here. Mm-hmm. You know, a check's been thrown Greg Daniels' way. I think I, I haven't necessarily loved his stuff overall, but I think I've got enough respect for him to mm-hmm. think that he probably took the man- money and went, I'll do my best. Um, yeah. I really hope that's not the case, but when I watch Upload, it just with the amount of care or lack thereof taken to this show it doesn't feel like a passion project it doesn't feel like oh you know this is going to be my Mm -hmm. my grand thesis this is going to be the thing that really kind of puts forward how I see the world or what kind of story I think is important to be out there in the world it feels devoid of any of that kind of passion I 
I mean, it is a very cynical view, but I'm not getting the sense that this is an important story to anyone. Is it possible that, like The Office US and Parks and Rec, that season one is just shit and that maybe mm. has the potential to get better later? I mean, sure. Yeah. Both those shows don't I mean, have good first seasons. No, I think what is concerning to me is that even though early seasons weren't super great, you could tell that the performances mm-hmm. were really, really good. Yeah. Um, and I think having performers that people can really like attach to gives you a lot of grace moving forward. And I think yeah. if you don't have that level um, of performance – then you you from the back end really have to bring it forward and very quickly. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know about they that. Don't I mean, I hope Steve so. Carell. They don't have a no. Steve Carell and they don't have an Amy Poehler. No. And that's going to make it really hard. Yeah. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. Do you have any side notes, Damascus? Is there anything left to say about this show at this point? Um, I've got a couple, um, just first is like a really silly one is I wonder if like people with vaginas can do the pee trick as well. Cause you know, he's like peeing out the window and it's going in the urinal and stuff. I just wondered if like, it doesn't matter what you're peeing out of. Um, that was just a silly little one. Um, I've got just a few examples of lines that Nora had to say that I guess were examples of her being cool and fun um, and just really proved how dead she was inside, (laughs) but not on purpose. Um, When she's playing with that little kid and she's like, that's mine, pay up, son. And um, Sir Anthony, we simply can't keep meeting like this. That feels like something I would have written when I was like, 1920 and trying to write a character that was like real like she was a cool chick and she was real charming and casual no one speaks like that and it's really awkward to try to watch an actress who may not be as comfortable on screen as a lot of her counterparts try to struggle with bullshit dialogue there was a lot of struggling going on on her behalf and she looked self-conscious to me and mm-hmm. overreactive in a lot of ways and that was that was distracting for me and I couldn't attach to Nora, unfortunately. I feel like just Nora is... She was cast because she was fucking cute. And don't mm. get me wrong, she is fucking cute. Beautiful. She also has no comedy. I, like, I mean, even like personality-wise, I think there's sort of a meek adorableness to her that you would you would not you could very easily be charmed by that. But she's got no comedic chops whatsoever. And mm-hmm. again, I don't know whether it's the writing or whether it's performance or whether it's direction, but something went wrong here. I really mm-hmm. blame I blame the casting and I blame the director, honestly. I think the yeah. direction is awful in the show. Agreed. And I also didn't know if I was like finding her so annoying because she reminded me of my ex-girlfriend. I don't know. I don't know. But there's definitely similarities there and it was bothering me somewhat. Uh, My next note is I actually quite enjoyed, I think it's in episode two when that old rich man just straight up tells Nathan that he was murdered. I was like, oh, thank God. So it's not going to be this looming mystery 
that he was murdered this whole time. He's just been told straight away. Obviously, it's then kind of drawn out in other ways. But I, in that moment, I really liked that that old man was like, oh, well, clearly someone killed you, which was good. Um, I've already mentioned the guy reading the newspaper, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, the moment where Ingrid is hanging out with Nathan's niece mm-hmm. and she's like, let's have our hair the same and then we cut yes. back and she has the same hair as this young girl of colour. <laughs> and I... I was shocked and I didn't know what to do and I didn't know what to think, but it felt really fucking inappropriate. Okay. And also she only- would have had to get a perm, which I think that takes hours anyway. Well, who knows in this in, society, yeah. maybe oh, it's true, really true, easy true, to true, get true. a perm out. Yeah. Interesting, right? I, I had the exact same reaction to it. I think you're right. I kept trying to think of what the alternative of this was, right? The alternative, because my first reaction like, is are you going about to straighten this girl's hair? Well, because Nathan be Nathan earlier says to her, it's like, oh, don't let her change your hair. And so yep. when Ingrid then says that and the girl goes, um, yeah. But then they but decided so, to make that choice. So, okay. So I mm-hmm. think that actually could be a... Uh, is consistent with Ingrid's character that she might be trying to do something that she thinks is actually kind of nice, but is maybe not sensitive to what that really means for that person, right? What she's doing when she rep- like copies a person. Sure, but they like don't. That. But they don't. They do don't that. tip the hat to that at all, though. It's just it's, a visual it's gag. Just cute. Yeah. That. Yeah. Makes Ingrid Ingrid look ridiculous with that hair which is natural for a lot of people. Like I'm not sure what the joke is there. I think it would have been really cute if, you know, the expectation obviously is that Ingrid is going to like straighten this little girl's hair, which obviously we've we've heard earlier that, that Nathan doesn't want that to happen and that girl doesn't want that to happen either. Um, and obviously it comes with a lot of like cultural implications as well. But then you cut to and they just simply have like, they both have piggy tails or something. You know what I mean? Sure. Like it doesn't have to be this over this the will top. Shock you. Yeah. I think Scrubs has done this moment well. There's an episode of Scrubs where <laughs> Elliot and me. Carla. Yeah, I know mm. it should. There's an episode of uh, Scrubs where Elliot and Carla are like jealous of each other and they just talk about how they, I think the other ones, you know, beautiful or whatever and they're jealous of each other's hair and like Elliot's like, I love your hair. I wish I had curls. And mm. Carla, let's be fair, like Carla is a person of color, but it's not the same sort of like identity with, uh, hair that that black Americans have, in particular, black people have with their mm-hmm. with that sort of hair that this little girl in Upload has. And then Carla's like, "I really wish my hair was straight like yours." And all they do is that to wrap up the episode in one of those classic JD like monologue montage endings. They're sitting on the couch together, having a glass mm-hmm. of wine, and Elliot's hair is curly, is curled like with a curling iron, and Carla's hair has been straightened. And it's like, oh, cool! You had a cute moment where you did that thing, and it paid off on what the episode did and it was nice. And it was like, that's the, you, we didn't want them to swap like that. But what you're yeah. saying, like if Scrubs is more aware of what it's doing with that than this show is, that's a bad sign. That's a bad sign. All right. Some stray observations. Episode one ends with somebody mysteriously deleting Nathan's memories. Mm-hmm. Thing. What a fucking efficient way to do that. That was. Surely you can just have them highlight all delete why yes, why they're gone. Mm-hmm. Why have them 
select a few, drag into the bin, select a few. I was like, this is ridiculous. There's a scene where I think it's Nora, um, because they're calling out for us, says, I'm not Siri. This is an Amazon show. Why not say, I'm not Alexa? That was really weird to me. Because I think it's inferring that Siri is less than. So It was just the idea that they're a digital personal assistant. Like... Why wouldn't you not want to associate these angels, particularly Nora, who's like meant to be good at her job, with your very sophisticated digital assistant? Why would you not put product placement in there? Because they weren't saying she was bad at her job. They were just saying, I'm not a digital assistant. I'm a real person. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think I, they, really they, I think a negative connotation could be Fine. inferred there. So they probably wanted to be safe with that. Can I talk to another baffling interaction in this? There's a Please scene. Do. When Nora goes to visit her dad in the hospital, I think, and on the way out, she spots this guy who's like repairing one of those scanners oh or something God. like that. Oh my God. And she's asking, like, is it possible that the system like could corrupted the memories or whatever? And they have this interaction. Basically, he just says, no, it must have been a fuck up either from you, because you're the person who created his avatar, or something was, was mishandled, basically. Mm. And then the converse exchange ends with the scanner guy saying, this is the longest conversation I've had in years. I didn't understand I like, that. What are you what are you saying? I understand what you what the joke is here. Is is he just a lonely guy? He seems quite normal. I imagine he mm. talks to people all the time in his job. He's in an open room in a hospital. <laughs> He's gonna interact with people. Yeah. It's like she didn't have to break into this thing to talk to you. You weren't imprisoned there. What the fuck is what the fuck are you talking about? I do not understand yeah, what I didn't the understand joke that there was. At all. Ideas I kind of liked in mm. this show. When in episode two, I think it is, that Nathan is told he needs to do animal therapy and then it's the golden retriever or the dog and then the dog sort of starts mm-hmm. to talk to him like a therapist. I was like, that's not a terrible kind of weird and gross idea that someone might, you know, mishandle this this thing in a digital world. I thought it was quite good. Um, the big screen window thing they had at Nathan's upload party, his funeral. Mm. I was like, that's a very cool visual like thing you've done here to allow these actors to be in the same room, therefore to have the chemistry they need to, but also make it work in that context. I thought it was very cool. The sex suit was funny when Ingrid was in it. I like that. And actually another Ingrid moment that I liked, when Nathan's, they think Nathan's hard drive has been thrown in the, the water and she jumps in. And it's an obvious joke, but it was all just about the performance. And she's just trying to figure out what to do and she's just yelling, rice, rice, does anybody <laughs> have rice? And I was like, there, there's something like, uh, familiar about that and the way mm. it was presented, I thought was very good. Yeah. That's all I've really got. But yeah, I think that was another instance in which I was like, wow, Nora really just fucking hates this bitch that she's going to let her, even for a second, think that she's lost her boyfriend forever in front of his mum. Nora's a fucking bitch. <laughs> I don't like her. She's mean. Yep. Mm. Least favourite and favourite episodes. Damas, what was your least favourite episode? My least favourite is episode five. It's the one where they go to the grey market. Um, just every step of that episode was so basic. Like it was just all foreshadowing and not even interesting foreshadowing. And then the payoff was tedious and boring. Um, the whole, what's his name, Dylan... <laughs> says in his little bed, you know, I guess everyone wants to wants to be treated like a person. I'm like, um, like this, oh, this show 
is a Hallmark Lifetime movie dressed up as something more and it pisses me This is what I was off. saying. It should be a Netflix 70-minute rom-com. Like that, that yeah. is the level of this show. 100% agree. Yeah. I've got, yeah, it's a Lifetime movie painted like a comedy with the nervous system of Black Mirror. But like, totally. like it's, but it, yeah, it's trying to be Black Mirror. It thinks it's a comedy, but it's a fucking Lifetime movie. Anyway, yeah. Uh, my least favorite episode was episode 10, the final episode of the season. It's just like they could not pull this together in any way if they wanted to. Mm. First note is just how Luke is a nothing character. They've done nothing with him this season. He's a complete waste of space and time whenever on there. Um, when Nathan pretends that he's lost his memory, because that was the drama that was left over from last episode, right? It's like, will mm. he have his m- memories of Nora deleted, right? And he does that, and she's obviously disappointed by that. And that lasts all of 10 fucking minutes. 10 minutes in this show that they do anything with that. Like, if you're going to have a character make a choice like that, it needs to have long a consequence that lasts longer than 10 fucking minutes. Because later, when Nathan calls her and she thinks that he doesn't remember her and she says, I don't want to talk to you right now, she's already angry with him when as far as she knows, he's done nothing fucking yeah, wrong. Yeah, it didn't make it any didn't make- fucking sense. Any sense. And then that goes into the whole fight. He's embarrassed about what he did to Jamie. Fair. That's that's a character beat that's worth talking about. Mm-hmm. And Nora's hung up on that apparently and they have this big heart-to-heart about it. And then we oh. have the ridiculous assassination chase that then leads to her finally saying, I want to be with you even though my my head's telling me I not to. What do you think? Oh, he's not answering. He's got a solitary tear running down his frozen face because he's a two gig and she conveniently fucking forgets this shit. Oh, it made me so fucking angry. What also really bothers me about that is Nora's whole thing of like, if you could hurt your best friend like that, like what if one day you could hurt me? I was like, you have watched this man pursue you, flirt with you when he's got a fucking girlfriend. Like, but you had no problem with it's like such a lack Good of emotional complexity. It's like point. Like you betrayed your oh. best friend, but meanwhile, all season he's been fucking around with you. But I guess because she's like, you know, a naggy woman, she doesn't have as much value as his best friend who did something terrible. Like, um anyway. Hundred percent. Fucking awful. Favorite episode <laughs> of the season. We should have um, the opposite order. <laughs> we should have. All right, so I've got episode two. So the first episode, I was like, okay, I can kind of see what's happening. I hated Nathan, but I kind of got what the emotional journey was going to be or assumed it would be. Um, episode well, hard, right? You can reset yeah. it episode well, two and like set, up, like set up what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas episode two, um, I yeah enjoyed the old rich guy just telling him straight up he was murdered. So I was like, okay, cool. So they're not going to be wasting my time with any of like, what happened? Oh, he's going to find out. They did. But at this point, I didn't realize that. Um, it's the guy reading the newspaper, which I enjoyed. Um, yeah. So I think I still had, it does have Uptown Funk, which is a negative, but it's we're at that point where I was like, okay, I think this show might be something because I thought we were just going to get to know the community and live within the community sure, and watch Nathan sure. grow. So at episode two, I was like, okay, maybe this show is going to be something. But it went downhill after that. But, yeah, so episode two. My uh, favourite episode was episode four, mostly because I only had one note for it and that was Ingrid in the sex suit is kind of funny. 
Mm. The only note I had for the entire episode, which either says how checked out I was or how much of a nothing episode it was. But do you want to know? Do you want to know my notes for that episode? Please. I've written. Please. Still don't understand why this woman is interested in this basic man. And then I've got testing for responsiveness is gross and makes me very uncomfortable. And then in quotes, I've got Nora's thing saying, I literally threw a blanket over this woman and felt up her boyfriend, to which I said, yeah, that's not charming. Um, And then I said, it's hard to watch a show when you think the relationship is gross. (laughs) There were my notes for that episode. And it goes downhill Uh, from there. Do you have any predictions, hopes, concerns for season two or beyond? My prediction is our friendship with Paul will be forever fractured. Um, (laughs) Yeah. My hope is that I never have to watch another episode of this fucking show ever again. My concern is that that I will. (laughs) (laughs) I can guarantee you're never going to have to watch another episode of this fucking show again because I do not want to return to it. Only thing that would make me do it is morbid curiosity because I have enjoyed dunking on it quite a Mm. bit. Um, yeah, if I somehow any- see like next year or whenever it comes out, a billion hot takes being like, oh my gosh, Upload just became the best show ever. I'll be like, okay, maybe they have like it's right the course. Then I'll, then I'll check it out. But unless it's literally being touted as the best new show ever, I'm not watching it. I got a theory on who the killer was. Mm-hmm. Um I think the killer is ultimately it's going to be Choke or not Choke himself. But the thing about like the character of Choke, the old guy that tells him he's murdered, right? Oh, right. Right. Mm. right? Is that he is based on the Koch brothers in real life. Koch brothers, mm-hmm. notorious for being like super rich family that are behind like all these things that have fucking destroyed democracy and um, in America, basically. Like, they have hu- super influential in, like, American politics and regulations and stuff like that involved. Like, all sorts of things, right? Mm. You have a character who is obviously based on the Koch brothers, whose name is Choke. And we know from the first episode, and I think it's mentioned a couple other times, that Ingrid's family is a Horizon family, unlimited mm. data on both sides... And we know that Ingrid's dad was involved in in Nathan's murder. Then I think it stands to reason that if it's a Horizon facility, Choke is there. That we know that I think they say that he's got a brother. He's one of the Choke brothers or part of the Choke family. That mm. it's, it's that it's down in that direction basically. I don't know exactly right. who. I'm not saying it's the guy that's in there with Nathan himself, but it's going to come down to a Choke family conspiracy that Ingrid is somehow a part of that. Um, dynasty, I guess, just sort of down the other side of the family tree, which is why she doesn't have the same name. That is my guess of where it's going. I don't understand how it could be anything fucking else because all they say is definitely Ingrid's dad was involved, but he didn't have the resources to do it, so it must be someone further up that tree, and that's where I would go. Why would you introduce a character called Choke, obviously based on the Koch brothers, if they were not a shit pet person and obviously the bad guy? Like, that's that's the answer. Brilliant. Anyway. <laughs> thank you very much for listening to this episode of hunting seasons you can find more of what we do via our website huntingseasonspodcast.com our logo comes from sean kirkpatrick aka at shawnee boy draws and our theme song and bumpers from lucas Hull of birthday loyalty club find links to their work in our show notes you can also find myself broderick gordis on twitter at b gordis b g-o-r-d-e-s damask 
Uh, yes. So I'm having a little hiatus from Twitter, but otherwise you can find me oh, still there at Maskimu, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. So I'm still there, uh, but just having a couple of weeks break. That's all. I think that's a very, very good choice. Next episode, we'll be back to discuss Harley Quinn season one. I'm very much looking forward to that. What I've seen so far, I've enjoyed. I'm not going to say I love it, but I certainly did not despise it like I did upload season one. <laughs> good. In the meantime, <laughs> just need to put, put that boot in one more time. In the meantime, thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Good night, everybody. And so, we wish.